Welcome once again to an international edition of Nightlight with listeners in over 100 countries of the world, including many in Australia, where our guest on today's show is speaking to us from, Daniel Clark. For some time now, Daniel's been working on a comprehensive end time seminar series, and I'm going to be asking Daniel to introduce us to the series in this program, as well as update us on the situation as he is experiencing it in Australia. We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. Daniel, welcome back to Nightlight. It's been a while since you were last on the show. I think the last time you spoke to us, you were speaking from your camper somewhere on the Australian Gold Coast. Is that right? Whereabouts are you speaking to us from now? Uh, hi again, Simon. Uh, thank you for having me back on your program. Yes, I'm still in Queensland in the warmer northeastern side of Australia. And I'm still busy with a passion to better understand and correctly teach all matters concerning end times prophecy. Well, it's been about three years since our last interview together. And I know since then you've been working on a series of illustrated end time classes that you've compiled into an end time seminar. But before we get into that, maybe you could briefly get us up to speed what's happening in Australia. We've been hearing almost unbelievable reports of Australia turning into almost, it seems like, a fascist police state, especially in Victoria and New South Wales. How is it where you are? Well, Simon, it's not a matter that can be addressed briefly. What's happening in Australia is an extremely important issue because it could soon have far-reaching consequences worldwide. Right. The current proposed mandates in Australia that Australia faces it could be implemented globally and could be the catalyst to fully usher in the new world order and very soon, in a very short period of time. They could. That's how serious the situation in Australia has become. Yes, from the news, it certainly looks very serious, like an all-out attack on the kind of democratic freedoms that, in Western countries at least, we've taken for granted. Please explain further why you think it's so serious. Well, to begin, it seems important to reflect on some of the historic statements made by noted globalists who have since passed on but their ideology is fast becoming a reality. Uh, it was George Bush uh, Sr. who in 1991 first publicly announced the need for a new world order. Right. And then in 1994, just three years later, David Rockefeller, the globalist, uh, said in a speech to the United Nations, he said, um, all we need is the right major crisis to cause the nations of the world to accept the new world order. I remember. And then more recently, in uh, 2015, I think it was, uh, Bill Gates made a most unusual statement in a TED talk when he said that the solution to overpopulation is vaccination. In other words, Bill Gates and his cohorts believe that vaccination can be used to reduce the global population. That was not a slip of the tongue by Bill Gates, uh, some claim. For the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Remember, it was through Bill Gates and Microsoft that computer viruses found their platform. And it was Microsoft who then offered the cure. That's right. The same process is now being repeated, but it is humans, not computers, who are the target of the attack. Gosh. And uh, finally, Simon... We know from the inscriptions on the mysterious Georgian guidestones in the US that it is the aim of the global elite to reduce the world population to 500 million. And listeners, if you'd like to know more about the Georgia guidestones, you'll find some very good short documentaries about them 
on YouTube. But Daniel, how does all this fit into what we see happening in Australia? What the world is now seeing in Australia is, is not isolated to Australia by any means. But it seems that Australia is being used as a, as a practice ground for measures that could be implemented globally and all under the guise of pandemic laws. Right. And what is being experienced in Australia is not because of COVID, as I'll prove with the uh, government statistics in a moment. It's more about control and enforced conformity. Yes. The COVID pandemic, as it's been rightly termed, is being used to bring about a far more evil and sinister goals than people could imagine. Right. Simon, it's said that real power is never seen, only felt, meaning the hands that are guiding the new world to accept the new world order are never really seen, but their power is certainly being felt. Yes, indeed. It seems that the whole world has been forced to change direction since COVID began, all heading to what Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum are calling the Great Reset. Oh, totally. And uh, when the so-called COVID crisis began in early 2020, we saw how rapidly all the nations of the world fell in line to conform with the dictates of the unseen forces who handed down those dictates through such bodies as the uh, World Health Organization and the like. And suddenly within a month, even days, we saw unprecedented measures introduced globally through fear. Yes. It is through fear and cunning propaganda that the globalists so quickly change our mindsets and program our thinking. Right. This in turn suddenly and easily changed the world in favour of the globalists to the point where we either willingly or unwillingly uh, surrendered our freedoms and liberties and we were forced to conform to the new dictates of the new world order. That's right. And suddenly we were all told that we must wear masks and we must stand 1.5 metres apart and we must stay at home and force lockdown and then we must even close our mum and pop, you know, sort of smaller businesses while the big retailers stayed open and boomed, and that we must do this and that and the other to stay safe. And people suddenly became fearful of each other, considering that we were all posed a, a threat or a grave threat to one another. And the extraordinary thing is this happened in pretty much every country of the world at the same time. Well, since 2020, the world has been subjected to unprecedented measures of conformity, especially in what we would have been freedom-loving and democratic countries in the past. I know. However, um, probably none have suffered such harsh draconian dictates as much as Australian states of Victoria and New South Wales, which have become police states reminiscent of Hitler's Nazi Germany. And that's not exaggeration, Simon. That's the truth. You'll never see the real truth presented on fake news mainstream media. You've got to go and watch uh, such programs as Avi Yamini uh, on Rebel News to see what's happening in Victoria. Or there's another channel called the Aussie Cossack, Aussie Cossack uh, to see what's really happening in New South Wales. You'll be shocked. Like a candle in the night, it's nightlight. Daniel, perhaps you could tell us what you know firsthand of what has happened in those states of Australia. And how do you see those events having an influence on future events worldwide? For many months, uh, residents have only been allowed out of their home to shop or exercise for a very brief time and only allowed to travel within five kilometres of their residence unless they have a bona fide uh, government-approved reason or they will face a huge fine and even violent arrest. 
and police have abused their powers incredibly with no discipline or oversight or correction from their governing bodies. And all this is happening under the guise of public health. That's right. And the strange thing, Simon, is now this is where I'll present some of the statistics to expose the hypocrisy of the uh, Victorian government especially. If anyone fact-checks the uh, the stats, for a long time the daily uh, COVID rate was well under 10 per day. But since the vaccination mandate of no job, uh, no jab, no job was forcibly introduced, the cases have spiked to around 2,000 a day in October. Wow. Anyone just has to Google 2021 Victoria COVID cases graph, and that graph will show the average new cases were about uh, two to five a day, and then it shot up to around about 2,000 a day in uh, mid-October since the the no-jab, no-job vaccine mandates were introduced. And now they're forcing these jabs into children. Horrific. And yet the Australian state governments continue to whitewash the truth and ignore the fact that it's the vaccinated who are getting sick and causing the spike. And yet they continue to coerce everyone to become fully vaccinated or else they will be penalised in various ways. This is insanity. Yes, it certainly doesn't sound like the actions of a benign democratic government. But wait, it, it gets worse. The Queensland Premier has boldly and blazingly announced on TV that the government's Uh, The government is building a massive quarantine facility to house the unvaccinated. In other words, concentration camps reminiscent of Nazi Germany for those who will not conform. My gosh. If anyone does their research, this is happening worldwide. Huge new facilities or prisons are being built. And for what purpose, we might wonder. And again, Simon, we've got to watch alternative news outlets like Avi Yemeni uh, on Rebel News and the Aussie Cossack to confirm what I'm saying. Like England, Canada, it's happening everywhere in the so-called free world. We'll be shocked by what we see. Wow. But what is frightening, uh, Simon, is this, that here in Australia, normal, peace-loving, law-abiding citizens are now being subjected to Gestapo-type interrogation and treatment, which is setting a precedent that could rapidly spread to all the nations of the world, all under the guise of a so-called pandemic where all governments will be empowered with new pandemic laws. That's right. In this position, it is far easier to enforce the draconian laws of the new world order. In other words, Simon, a one world government that the Bible predicts shall set the stage for the predicted Antichrist to be revealed and for the seven-year countdown to begin before Jesus returns. That's right. That's how close we are to the end, Simon. But I don't want to get ahead of myself just yet. I still need to explain what is happening currently in Australia because it can soon spread and affect every country and government on the planet. We must remember uh, to learn from history, Simon, and remember it was just one little bullet fired at an Ar- Austrian archduke that began the First World War. And likewise, uh-huh. a seemingly insignificant little uh, pandemic bill passed by the Victorian uh, government in Australia could become the catalyst or the template to bring about draconian international pandemic laws that could then be enforced globally and to where the world would be forced further into accepting the dictatorship of the predicted new world order. That's how serious the situation has become in Australia. Signs of the Times. What is this proposed pandemic bill that would have such far-reaching effects? 
Well, currently, uh, there is a bill before the Victorian State Parliament that would give the State Premier, Dan Andrews, complete dictatorship control, all under the guise of pandemic laws, with such proposals as a massive $90,000 fine or two years in prison for not complying. And that could be from not wearing a mask to those who refuse vaccination for whatever reason. This is placing tremendous hardship on employers and their employees and their families and all under the guise of public health. Gosh. Already everyone is currently required to have an app on their phone and register every time they enter a shop or a public place. And if you forget or try to dodge the system, there is a reminder sent immediately to your phone. You're joking. I'm not joking. Australia already has a no jab, no job mandate, meaning that if you haven't been fully vaccinated by a certain date, you can lose your job and you you cannot enter or attend public places and events. And it looks like these uh, restrictions are going to be extended to include supermarkets and shopping centres. Gosh. It would only take a slight adjustment of law and programming to immediately fine you from your bank account for not complying. That's right. That's where we stand today, Simon, on the brink of the introduction of a draconian Orwellian New World Order with the Antichrist as the big brother. And that almost sounds like the 666 mark of the beast mentioned in Revelation 13. However, we know from Scripture that the current COVID vax is not the mark of the beast, as some Christians are now speculating, but I never imagined the mark of the beast would be as bad as these horrific vaccinations. Within the timeline of end-time Bible prophecy, where do you think we are at this point? Firstly, I'll agree with you, Simon, that the current COVID vax is not the biblical 666 mark of the beast, but it seems it could be a forerunner. It's like God is allowing us to experience, in part, what it will be like when the Antichrist causes all the world to worship the image of the beast and receive his 666 mark. Lighting your path through the end times. You're with Nightlight. And if anyone wants to know more about the Antichrist and the 666 mark of the beast, they can find it in chapter 13 of the book of Revelation in the Bible. In addition, though, Daniel, you cover the topic quite extensively in your End Time Seminar series. Uh, Yes, Simon. Uh, That's the purpose of the End Time Seminar series, not only to help folk understand the future in advance, but also to strengthen the faith of believers. And as events begin to unfold, we're seeing the future clearer than ever before. For example... We've thought for a long time that the 666 mark of the beast might be a computer chip uh, implanted in the right hand or somehow implanted in the forehead. Yes, and that's been our understanding so far. Well, since the uh, so-called COVID vaccinations began, we're beginning to realise how we don't need a computer chip implanted in our right hand or forehead. Rather, we're beginning to understand how an injection with nanotechnology can change the whole body into a readable chip so to speak. And then with just a wave of the right hand uh, over a reader or reader pointed at the forehead, we could uh, identify an individual and transfer any uh, ID information needed. Well, this can be a scary thought. I mean, it's though every human would be like a computer who could then be connected to a main computer, which could perhaps be the image of the beast. And I've been reading where everyone's DNA has a distinct number, which could be the number of a man, 
as it says in Revelation chapter 13, 17. Yes, scary, true. But as Christians, Jesus told us that when we see these things, we are not to be afraid. Amen. We are told not to be afraid of those things that can kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul. Right. When we belong to Jesus, there is nothing they can do that can change that. Praise God. Simon, there are so many uh, scriptures that tell us not to be afraid, so many examples and promises in the Bible showing us that how we're to face the uh, days ahead. And faith displaces fear, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Absolutely. But yes, Simon, as the time draws closer and knowledge is increasing, we can better realize that we are the first generation to better understand what the 666 mark of the beast may entail. I suppose the question facing Christians, especially at this time, is if this vaccination is not the mark of the beast, then is it okay to take it? That's a very good question, Simon. Uh, And the answer is not simple. It's not a one-size-fits-all answer. We must all act according to our faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And we must all hear from the Lord individually and be led of his spirit in each and every situation. Uh, For example, I have a friend who has been a missionary in a closed country, and overnight the government uh, brought in restrictions that prevented them from doing any banking or doing any shopping. They couldn't even top up their phone the next day. And that's how sudden things changed for them. And they got very desperate in prayer to hear from the Lord concerning their individual situation and whether they were meant to leave the country or to stay and get the jab so that they could continue to uh, serve the thousands that they ministered to. Now, what the Lord showed them uh, for their situation was not is not to be applied across the board for others in a similar situation. In that case, when they got desperate in prayer and the Lord spoke to them in prophecy and gave specific scriptures and promises of protection to claim, which allowed them to go ahead and uh, by faith and have the jab. Now, my friend was assured that the jab was not the mark of the beast, but Jesus also explained in that case that this missionary needed to remain where they are for the Lord's sake and for the sake of the gospel. And so in that case, they went ahead by faith and got the jab. However, that's not the same rule in every case. Okay. The Bible verse that came to me concerning the COVID jab in comparison to the actual 666 mark of the beast is Jeremiah 12.5, which says, if you, if you have run with the footman and they weary you, if they tire you, then how shall you contend with the horses? Right. Meaning, if we can't stand against receiving this ungodly and dangerous so-called vaccination now and expect God to supply all our needs, then how shall we stand when the Antichrist causes all the world to worship the image of the beast and receive his 666 mark? Very true. So, Simon, as you can see, we must all act according to our faith. What Jesus shows each of us to do individually for our situation. Yes, indeed. These certainly seem to be the days of testing our faith. God is allowing us to experience these things now so that our faith shall be strengthened for what is to come in the days ahead. Yes. However, Simon, I must show how Scripture proves that the COVID vax is not the mark of the beast. Good. We know from Revelation 14, 9 to 11, that when the Great Tribulation begins and the Antichrist makes the 666 mark of the beast compulsory, an angel will fly around the earth and warn everyone with a loud voice and in their own language not to worship the image of the beast nor receive his 666 mark, or they will face the wrath of God. 
No one will have an excuse then. Everyone will know and everyone will stand accountable. That's right. But for now, Simon, we can be assured that the COVID jab is not the 666 mark of the beast. But God is allowing us a foretaste of what is soon to come. Yes. And nevertheless, this so-called COVID jab is not a vaccination. I think the real purpose of it seems to be uh, experimental gene therapy. And so many of the recipients are getting sick and even dying because of the jab. And yet the governments and the media are involved in a huge cover-up of the truth. And that makes it all sound like we are the generation who are going to have to make the decision not to receive the mark of the beast, the temptation that shall come upon all the world, as foretold in Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. From all indicators, it seems that we are the last generation before Jesus returns. And scripture seems to prove that we are. Right. Since the COVID crisis began, we have seen how quickly the world can change. We have experienced how quickly the nations of the world fell in line with the dictates of the World Health Organization, a body that seems to be governing over the uh, governments of the world. That's right. And all we need now is the right major crisis or the heightening or furthering of the current COVID crisis and all the nations of the world could be forced to accept the complete introduction of the new world order. That's right. And once that happens, Simon, the stage should be set for the Antichrist to be revealed. That's how close we are. There is no turning back to what we once considered normal. Wow. As things are progressing, uh, Simon... It seems that we're going to be the generation to see all these things come to pass, as Jesus foretold us in Matthew chapter 24. Like, from where we stand on the end-time timeline, it is possible that we could see the return of Jesus before or a little after the end of this decade. That statement needs to settle in. You know, Bible prophecy tells us that all these things shall be wrapped up over a seven-year period, the time referred to in the Bible as Daniel's 70th week. Daniel, that brings me back to my earlier question. Where do you see us standing right now along the end time timeline? What's the next thing that's going to happen according to Bible prophecy? Well, those who understand Bible prophecy, those who correctly understand the significance of the uh, Daniel 9.27 prophecy, understand that there will be a seven-year period that needs to be fulfilled before Jesus can return and set up his kingdom of heaven on earth. Right, the final seven years, Daniel's 70th week. So where do you see us now in relation to those seven years? Well, according to Bible prophecy, we are living in the last days, the time just before Daniel's 70th week begins. Well, firstly, the Bible tells us that the country or the state of Israel would need to exist as it now does, as that sets the stage for end-time events to unfold. And more importantly, the city of Jerusalem would need to be the capital of Israel, which it now is. For Jerusalem is where the third Jewish temple will be built That's right. and where the Antichrist shall one day sit. And further to that, and the prophet Daniel told us that in the time of the end, knowledge would increase yes. and many would travel everywhere at great speed. And the prophet Nahum saw visions of the last days in which he described, in his own words, how cars would roar in the broadways with their headlamps beaming bright as they travel along like the lightning, colliding into one another. Right. There are many, many scriptures that confirm that we are living in the last days. We are the last generation, the generation who will see Jesus return. Even the scoffers prove that we are that generation when they ask, where is the sign of his coming? Their scoffing actually fulfills the scripture found in 2 Peter 3, 3-5. 
Right, the Bible even says that the scoffers will be willingly ignorant. The signs of Christ's soon return are described in many places throughout Scripture, and we see those Scriptures being fulfilled everywhere about us, Simon, and yet the scoffers refuse to believe what is so obvious. And how soon could Daniel's 70th week begin, do you think? Could it begin this year or next, or maybe there are more years to come? What do you think? Well, firstly, uh, Simon, I don't try to offer what I think. Rather, I try to offer an, an understanding based on Scripture. Of course. So now we get into the meat of the word, but I like to uh, slice that meat so it's easy to understand and digest. Right. We are now seeing events that will escalate to a point where all the nations of the world will be ready to accept the new world order, a one-world government that the Bible tells us shall come under the leadership of ten kings. Yes. These ten kings shall form the governing council that shall rule over all the governments of the world. At this time in history, we might think that that could never happen, but God's word says it shall happen. Events are going to happen that shall cause even countries like China and Russia and North Korea and America to accept this new form of global government. Do you think this rulership also would include Islamic countries? And where do you think those 10 kings will come from? Does the Bible say... Yes, Daniel seven twenty three and 24 reveals that the ten kings shall rise out of the whole earth, not out of Europe, nor the papacy, nor some Islamic countries, as some speculate, but the ten kings shall rise out of the whole earth, according to Daniel seven twenty three and 24. Right. However, scripture also indicates that these ten kings shall not be totally human, perhaps transhuman, perhaps demons from another dimension posing as aliens from another galaxy. Interesting. We just don't know yet, but something is going to happen to cause the nations of the world to accept their leadership. Some unprecedented event is going to happen that shall cause all the nations of the world to accept the new world order with its governing council of ten kings. Nightlight, keeping you in tune with the times. Now, some of our listeners may be new to Bible prophecies, so where could they find these ten kings mentioned in the Bible? Anyone who is new to Bible prophecy, or even anyone who is familiar with Bible prophecy, we all need to build our understanding layer upon layer. And that's what the End Time Seminar series offers, a gradual, scripture-based understanding that builds layer upon layer, precept upon precept. This way, Simon... Bible prophecy becomes enjoyable to study and easy to understand. But if someone dives straight in trying to understand the unusual beasts of uh, Daniel 7 or the seven-headed dragon of Revelation 12 or the multi-featured beasts of uh, Revelation 13, they could become confused and disillusioned and discouraged. Yes. However, Simon, the End Time Seminar series helps those who study End Times prophecy to see how easy it is to correctly understand all these things. Wow. The aim of the End Time Seminar series is to help Christians become knowledgeable and confident and well-versed in their understanding, and then hopefully they'll teach others to teach others also, as Second Timothy 2.2 instructs us to do. Right. And as for the Ten Kings, to answer your question, Simon, they are described in various ways throughout prophecy. They are described as ten toes in the Daniel chapter 2 prophecy and as ten horns on various beasts in Daniel chapter 7 and in Revelation chapters 12 and 13. And when, in relation to these ten kings, when does the Antichrist arise? Well, Daniel 7.24 tells us clearly 
that once the ten kings are ruling the new world order, another little horn antichrist figure shall arise after them, and he shall subdue three of the ten kings, until all ten give their allegiance to him as the supreme leader of the new world order. Then in other scriptures in Revelation, uh, we find out that those ten kings are then given power from the Antichrist to rule with him as kings. Right. Then once he has gained his position as supreme leader of the new world order, he shall then confirm the covenant of Daniel 9.27 with many, which shall usher in an era of peace and safety or peace and security. And this will allow the Jews to rebuild their temple in Jerusalem and resume their daily sacrifice. Well, that's a lot of detail, and it's all according to Scripture, right? I'm only giving a brief synopsis of events here, Simon. Uh, the End Time Seminar series fully covers the progression of all these events and offers a more complete understanding, with Scripture references to accompany every statement of prophecy. So when we see the covenant confirmed and the Jews rebuilding their temple, we will then know that Daniel's 70th week has begun. Here's something that's a little bit shocking, uh, Simon. It is possible that only Christians who correctly understand Bible prophecy will understand that Daniel's 70th week has begun, that the last seven years has begun before Jesus returns. Only Christians? Well, why would you say that only Christians will understand the significance of Daniel 9.27? Well, firstly, the Antichrist will want to distance himself as far as possible from the Daniel 9.27 prophecy. I'm sure. Also... Why would he only confirm the covenant or peace treaty for seven years? What peace treaty has a time limit on it? Right. And secondly, and more importantly, the Antichrist will want to distance himself as far as possible from the Daniel 9.27 prophecy because it exposes that just three and a half years after he confirms the covenant that shall allow the Jews to resume their daily sacrifice, he is going to cause that daily sacrifice to cease. Well, perhaps this is one reason behind why some Christians think that Jesus has already fulfilled the Daniel 9.27 prophecy. And that's why I've said that only Christians who correctly understand Bible prophecy shall understand the significance of the Daniel 9.27 prophecy. And furthermore, nowhere does the Bible call the covenant a peace treaty, although it will usher in an era of three and a half years of peace and safety before the Great Tribulation begins in the middle of the seven years. Hmm. Rather, the Bible calls the covenant of Daniel 9.27 a holy covenant in Daniel chapter 11. So it's more than just a peace treaty or a peace deal. As some speculate, the covenant of Daniel 9.27 is going to have some religious significance. Right. Again, Simon, I need to emphasize that the Antichrist is going to distance himself from the Daniel 9.27 prophecy because it reveals that in the middle of Daniel's 70th week, just 1,260 days after he confirms the covenant, he is going to break that covenant and cause the daily sacrifice to cease so that he can sit in the temple as God and demand the whole world worship his image and receive his 666 mark. That begins the Great Tribulation, the last 1,260 days before Jesus returns. And that last three and a half years could begin before the end of this decade because it's beginning to seem like the COVID crisis and the enforced vaccine mandates could be the right major crisis that shall eventually cause the nations of the world to accept the new world order. And then the end begins. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. 
Well, let's break for a song here while we digest what we just heard and hear something brand new from Jeremy Spencer. Now you see me, now you don't. Now you hear me, now you won't. I'm over here, I'm over there Behind every bugaboo and scare Dancing to my tune 
you ask what my perverted vice is for casting my devices, <laughs> put it this way, I'm like the villain of the piece, gloating over his caprice, I reveal my lot to the victims of my plot. You know what? Someone told me I won't be having the last laugh. Nightlight's interview of the week. And our interview of the week is with Daniel Clark, who's speaking to us from Australia and introducing us to his very timely new end time series of videos and books. Daniel, tell us how this came about and what your vision is for it. Well, let me briefly take you back to 1979. I met some Christians who invited me to their home for dinner and gave me what I call the Daniel Chapter 2 class. That was my first class. By the end of that study, Simon, I realised that we were living in the last days, the time of the end. And it was that night that I asked Jesus to come and fill, fill me with the Holy Spirit and come into my heart and to teach me from God's Word. I was hooked. From that moment on, I knew that I'd found the purpose for my life. And before then, I was like a boat drifting about without a sail. Then after Jesus became the captain of my salvation, I knew that I had a purpose to tell others about Jesus and to show his love to others. But I also had a deep passion to correctly understand Bible prophecy concerning end times. Right. However, it wasn't until 2013, while I was living back in China, that this passion to really understand Bible prophecy ignited within me. Uh-huh. Before that time, I had a fruitful ministry in Australia, but through a series of events, I found myself back in China, in the middle of China, teaching English again. Then one day, when I asked the Lord why he had me back in China, I had an experience that I can only describe as an epiphany, a religious or spiritual experience. And as a result, I found myself down on my knees, crying and praying and wondering what was happening to me. Then the Lord said to me in a still, small voice, prepare the meat for due season. Wow. And that's all he said. But with those words came the understanding that the meat of the word was to understand end times correctly and that the due season is the time leading up to and including Daniel's 70th week and beyond. Right. And I felt led to open the Bible at uh, Daniel chapter 8. And that's when the Lord had me draw a timeline and he gave me the understanding concerning the 2300 days of Daniel 8, 13 and 14. Then immediately following, he gave me a further understanding concerning the mysterious days of Daniel 12, 11 and 12. After that, I I felt, I tell you, I felt exhausted and yet I felt enlightened at the same time. So I went to sleep. When I awoke, I felt the presence of the Lord at the foot of my bed. Wow. He told me things that I'd never heard before, never read about before, things that I've never even considered before. Daniel, when you say that the Lord told you these things, did you, did you like hear his audible voice? No. Now, once we have the Holy Spirit, Jesus doesn't need to speak to us with the vibrations of audible sound. Now, the spirit world can speak to us what we would call mental telepathy. In Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, the Lord promises to establish our thoughts when we lean not to our own understanding. And Jesus promised in uh, John ten twenty seven that when we are his, we can hear his voice and we will know that it's him. And what did Jesus mean by due season when he said to prepare the meat 
for due season. Well, Jesus has explained that once the new world order and the ten kings are in place and there has been no pre-tribulation rapture, as many are expecting, then many are going to need to review their past understanding. They're going to need the meat of the word to strengthen their faith and to gain a better understanding concerning end times so that they may endure to the end. That's right. I could take that a step further, Simon, and say that once the Antichrist is revealed and Daniel's 70th week has begun and the Jews begin rebuilding their temple, uh, their new temple in Jerusalem, and resume their daily sacrifice, and there has been no pre-tribulation, as many are expecting, then that's going to be the time when those of understanding will need to embrace their brethren who have misunderstood and then lovingly instruct them in a better knowledge of the word concerning end times. That is the whole purpose of the End Time Seminar series, to help Christians correctly understand the sequence of events to happen from now to the rapture and beyond, according to what the Bible really teaches. Maybe now, Daniel, you could just walk us through the different sections of the seminar. What are the contents? Uh, Sure, I'd be glad to, Simon. Uh, The End Time Seminar series is probably best described as a complete study and teaching program. Uh, There are 12 videos in the series. These are not long, but they're concise, meaning their viewing time is comfortable, and yet each video is packed with easy-to-understand information. And then there are, for those who want to dig further into study, there are three illustrated study books to accompany the videos. Besides this, there are four bonus books that are presented in the form of illustrated novels. Right. And then there are some uh, easy-to-understand timelines, complete with uh, scripture references, to help explain the events that are going to happen between now and the end, right through until eternity. Let me ask you, how do you envision this seminar being used as an actual seminar with attendees or is it for personal study on a computer? Both, Simon. Uh, the End Time Seminar series is so easy to understand. Anyone can study the course on their own and, and their own pace uh, or they can set up uh, or join a study group either via Zoom or the like or, or a church group setting. Uh, I'm now getting responses from pastors who are now using the End Time Seminar series to teach their Bible study groups, and they're telling me how thankful they are for the series. They're telling me that uh, how the material has helped them to understand uh, many of their own questions, and that now they have the knowledge and the conf- uh, you know to confidently teach end times and answer the questions presented to them by their study groups. Daniel, you speak with a lot of excitement about your end time seminar series. And with good reason, Simon. I know that the End Time Seminar Series allows anyone to become an instant End Times teacher, all at the click of a remote control. Terrific. Everything has already been prepared. All the End Time classes have been prepared and all the scripture references have been included so that preachers, teachers and students alike can can refer to their Bibles every step of the way. And most importantly, they can teach end times prophecy correctly. Sounds great. All the pieces of the end time jigsaw are there. And all what anyone needs to do is just to study to show themselves approved under God. And they will see how all the pieces fit neatly together to present the complete picture. That's why I'm excited about the end time seminar series. I know what a blessing this will be to many. Even the night can be bright when you switch on your nightlight. Now, for those listening who are new to end-time Bible prophecy and are anxious to know what the future holds, can you briefly take us through the sequence of events from now until the second coming of Jesus? 
Well, before I lay out a step-by-step journey along the End Time timeline, I need to explain a little bit more about the End Time seminar series. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Simon, it's been rightly said that to understand the future, we need to first understand the past. And therefore, the End Time Seminar series begins by explaining what prophecy reveals, that there are seven kingdoms that relate directly to God's people and to End Times prophecy. Now, these seven kingdoms are illustrated in various and mysterious ways throughout prophecy, ranging from the great and awesome image in Daniel chapter 2, but also through to the ravenous and strange-looking beasts in Daniel chapters 7 and 8, but also in Revelation chapters 12 and 13, and also as mountains in Revelation. Revelation 17. Once anyone has a correct understanding of these seven kingdoms, we can then move on to understand the events along the end time timeline. And really, Simon, it's easy to understand these prophecies because the Bible offers its own interpretation to every prophecy. And that's what the end time seminar series does. It teaches how to find the correct interpretation right from the Bible. We don't need anyone to give their interpretation. The Bible explains itself if we know where to look. Yes, that's something I've noticed. Many times a preacher will say to let the Bible interpret itself, and then they go and teach their own interpretation with a lack of correctly balanced scripture to support their interpretation. Simon, there are two things that I'm mindful not to do, and one is to offer what I think. I only want to show what the Bible teaches and can be proven from Scripture. And secondly, wherever possible, I offer Scripture references to support every statement. Well, of course, listeners will understand it's not possible to offer every Bible reference during a radio interview like we're having now. But I do know that you've offered many Bible verses throughout the End Time Seminar series for those who want to search the Scriptures. The light is always on with Nightlight. So, Daniel, after someone understands the seven kingdoms, what happens then? Once someone has a firm understanding of the seven kingdoms that relate directly to God's people and to end times prophecy, we are then able to introduce the end time timeline. Now, this is presented in two sections, from now to the rapture and beyond, and then to the millennium and beyond, the thousand-year reign of Christ on earth and beyond, to the events that conclude with the formation of a new heaven and a new earth, when the heavenly city, the Mount Sion, the new Jerusalem, shall come down from God out of heaven and settle on the new earth. Well, that certainly encapsulates a lot. <laughs> but now I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to go a step further and present what I call end time in a nutshell. And here I'm going to include scripture references. Are you ready? Sure, this will be very interesting. What I'm going to do here is read a one-page extract from End Times Topics, one of the three study books in the End Times Seminar series. Okay. End Times in a Nutshell, a very condensed overview of the End Times scenario with KJV scripture references included. Today, we are living in the time of the end with increased knowledge and many running to and fro. Daniel 12, 4. Soon, the new world order will arise with a governing council of ten kings. Then another little horn king shall arise after them, and he shall subdue three of the ten kings, until all ten give their allegiance to him as the supreme leader of the new world order. Daniel 7.24 and Revelation 17.12 
he shall confirm the holy covenant with many, which shall usher in a time of peace and safety, which will allow the Jews to rebuild their temple in Jerusalem and begin their daily sacrifice. Daniel 9.27, 1 Thessalonians 5.3 and Revelation 11.1 and 2. Concerning the daily sacrifice, we understand from a balanced study of Daniel 8, 13 and 14, Revelation 11, 2 and Daniel 9, 27, that the daily sacrifice will begin 220 days into Daniel's 70th week until the Antichrist will cause the daily sacrifice to cease 1,040 days later in the midst of the week. Daniel 9, 27 and Daniel eleven thirty one. Just prior to the midst of the week, the world leader will get a deadly wound to the head. Satan will then make war in heaven, but loses, and is cast down to the earth and possesses the slain body of the one world leader to become the Satan-possessed Antichrist. Revelation 12, 7-12, Revelation 13, 3, and Revelation 17, 11. The Antichrist then sits in the new temple as God and demands all the world worship his image and receive his 666 mark in their right hand or forehead, without which no one can buy or sell. Refusal to comply results in the death penalty. Compliance results in facing the wrath of God. 2 Thessalonians 2.4, Revelation 13.15-18 and Revelation 14.9-11. This begins the 1,260 days of great tribulation and the persecution of all religions and against all who oppose the Antichrist. Matthew 24.15, Daniel 9.27 and Matthew 24.21. During the 1,260 days of great tribulation, the seven trumps of God sound to announce events on earth with a seventh last Trump of God announcing the rapture, the resurrection of all saved born-again believers on the last day. Revelation chapter 8 and chapter 9, Revelation 10, 7, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, and 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52, and John 6, 39, 40, 44 and 54. Jesus will then take the resurrected saints to heaven for 30 days, Daniel 12:11, to the marriage supper of the Lamb, Revelation 19:7-9, while the vials of God's wrath are poured out upon earth, Revelation 15:8 to Revelation 16:16. 16, 16. Following the marriage supper of the Lamb, Jesus and the armies of heaven, the saints, Jude 1, 14, mount up on white horses and return to earth for the 45-day battle of Armageddon and the saving and the gathering of the remnant of Israel, Revelation 19, 11 to Revelation 23, Daniel 12, 12, Ezekiel 34, 11 to 14, and Romans 9, 26 to 29. At the conclusion of the Battle of Armageddon, the saints possessed the kingdom, Daniel 7, 18, and the thousand-year reign of Christ begins on earth, Revelation 24. And that's when the 144,000 blessed, Daniel 12, 12, saved flesh, Matthew 24, 24, remnant of Israel, Romans 9, 27, Revelation 14, 1 to 5, and Zephaniah 3, 13, and Revelation 24, and Isaiah 
2.23 will look upon Jesus and receive him as their saviour and serve him to form the millennial 12 tribes of Israel. Zechariah 12.10, Revelation 24 and Matthew 19.28. So, Simon, that was just a brief overview, a covering from now to the rapture and beyond, complete with scripture references. That was super. Thank you so much. Now, I understand that some of the statements in that passage will raise questions from those who have some knowledge of uh, concerning end times prophecy. For example, if the sixth seal is the rapture, which it is, that happens when the sun and the moon go dark, then how can the seventh trump within the seventh seal be the last trump of God that sounds at the rapture. All right, that brings me to my next question. In your careful study of the prophetic scriptures over the past few years as you worked on this series, did you have any fresh insights or clearer understanding of any scriptures or passages that you would like to share with us? Oh, there are many, 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 Simon, I tell you. Uh, what I call little revelations. In 2013, when I undertook this project, the first thing that the Lord asked me to do was to wipe the slate clean, so to speak, to forget all that I had thought and been taught in the past concerning end times prophecy. From that position, Jesus was then able to return only those things that I had correctly understood from past teachings and then, he, and then to build upon that. Jesus was able to reveal many, many things, just wonderful insights into things that I'd never seen or imagined before. The key was being able to or willing to forsake the past ideas and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal these little revelations, little pieces of the end time jigsaw. Can you give us some examples like what you would consider the most important revelation? Simon, there are so, so many, and each comes with its own importance. It's studying end times is like uh, doing a jigsaw puzzle. And when we are shown where a key piece fits, this allows so many other pieces to then connect, which brings about a more complete understanding of the picture. But probably the most significant little revelation came in the form of one small word, visions. Visions. Yes, that one word, visions, was like the key that unlocked the understanding of the book of Revelation. Well, that's interesting. And how did that come about? I know you've written several books on the topic of Revelation and included those in the End Time Seminar series. There's one titled Revelation Reconsidered and another titled Revelation Rearranged. Simon, this, this I say to everyone, the book of Revelation is not difficult to understand when we understand that it is simply a series of many visions, many, many visions of many events and other matters that may or may not happen in the same order in which John saw, heard and wrote. The book of Revelation is not written in a chronological order. That is part of the mystery of the book of Revelation. Rather, the book of Revelation is written like a script to a mysterious movie. But also, the book of Revelation is like a spool of raw, unedited film that needs to be carefully examined, cut, rearranged, and then spliced correctly to give meaning to a movie. Once this is explained and understood, then the book of Revelation becomes simple to understand. And this is the fun of the End Time Seminar series. All these things are fully explained with examples and illustrations. Wow, super. 
Anything else that you'd like to share about the End Time Seminar Series? Well, the purpose of the End Time Seminar Series is to prepare the End Time Bride of Christ with the meat of the word concerning end times, meat to empower her with strength of wisdom, understanding and faith, so that she may endure to the end while winning souls to Jesus during the time of the end. And how can people get a copy? Simon, because I understand the importance for Christians to correctly understand the sequence of events to happen from now to the rapture and beyond, I've made it very easy for anyone to get a copy of the End Time Seminar Series in their hands today. All anyone needs to do is go to my website, endtimesofficial.com. That's all one word, endtimesofficial.com, without any gaps. And there they can order their copy of the End Time Seminar Series today. For a donation to the End Times Official Ministry, they'll get 12 very informative videos, 7 study books and 3 easy to understand timelines. Daniel, we all know that we have entered now very dark and frightening times. Do you have any words of encouragement that you can give to our listeners? Well, I'd address our our listeners as brothers and sisters in Christ. And if they're not yet brothers and sisters in Christ, I'd say, why not? Uh, I was about 29 when I prayed and asked Jesus to come into my heart and to fill me with the Holy Spirit. From that moment on, I knew I was going to heaven. And, uh, and then I just really began to realize that we were living in the last days. Now we realize that we're almost living in the last seven years before Jesus returns. So it is vital to our understanding that we gain a correct understanding of the sequence of events from now to the rapture and beyond. Can you remember what you prayed when you asked Jesus to come into your heart? Uh, Yes, Simon. Uh, I remember praying just a simple prayer. There's no uh, set prayer to pray. It's a matter of the heart. And I I, I just prayed and I said, Jesus, I know that I'm not good enough to go to heaven. Please come into my heart, forgive me our sins, and help me work from the inside out and make me into what you want me to be. And please fill me with the Holy Spirit so that I can better understand your word and tell others about you. Salvation really is as simple as that, Simon. Now, there's one other statement that I'd like to close with uh, for our listeners' sake. It says in Daniel 11:32 and 33, To us living in the end time, the people who do know their God shall be strong and do exploits, and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. So we have been given the understanding to instruct many. So why not grab this opportunity to be able to teach others to teach others also, so that when we meet the Lord, he might be able to say to us, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Inspiring you to love and serve Jesus more. You're listening to Night Light. And thank you so much, Daniel Clark, who's offered, by the way, to do a follow-up show to this one in which you can ask him any questions that you may have about end-time Bible prophecy. So if you have a question, please do send it to me or directly to Daniel through his website, endtimesofficial.com. Well, let's stay in Australia. We're almost every day now, there are massive demonstrations against the draconian measures that Daniel was describing in the first part of this program. And these crowds are not extremists, but just ordinary Australians who are peacefully protesting and saying enough is enough. Here's a crowd of over 60,000 
singing I Am Australian outside the parliament in Melbourne. And I really recommend that you search on YouTube for I Am Australian and you can see the whole thing for yourself. I found it very encouraging. And something else encouraging I just saw an hour ago was that the Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison is asking the governments of New South Wales and Victoria to stop the no jab, no job mandates. And it was time for government to step back from trying to so tightly control Australian citizens' lives. Well, whether the state governments take his advice or not remains to be seen, but at least it does seem like some kind of step in the right direction. Maybe these huge protests are having an effect. I'm a cloud, I'm